This is the Adams Road Podcast, an outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. We study verse by verse through the Bible and share music filled with God's Word. Let's start today by listening through Acts chapter 16, verses 20 to 25. When they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men, being Jews, are agitating our city and advocate customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or observe, being Romans. The multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore their clothes off of them and commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a command, and secured their feet in the stocks. But about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Let's keep reading, starting in verse 20. When they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men, being Jews, are agitating our city and advocate customs which is not lawful for us to accept or observe, being Romans. The multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore their clothes from them, and then commanded them to be beaten with rods. When they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and secured their feet in the stocks. They rile up the crowds, accusing Paul and Silas of advocating unlawful Roman customs, which was a lie. Their charges were fairly vague, but with the angered and biased crowd and authorities, a vague charge was enough. And because of their Jewish appearance, they likely assumed Paul and Silas were not Roman citizens and could therefore get away with harassing them. You see, two distinct laws existed in the Roman Empire, one for the Roman citizens and one for the others. If you were a Roman citizen, you had civil rights, rights that were protected and enforced by the authorities. If you weren't a Roman citizen, though, no such rights would be guaranteed. You could be at the mercy of the multitudes and the magistrates' moods, whims, and punishments without guaranteed protection from the Roman Empire. Do we ever see aspects of that dynamic playing out in our own American culture and politics today? Do the powers that be ever show favoritism to some, but not to others? Take, for example, how some were perhaps unjustly or overpunished for their perceived role in the January 6th riots the other year, when in reality maybe many of them didn't really do all that much, but were just at the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe some of the extreme punishments dulled out, were more politically motivated than true measures of justice. On the other hand, are there times some people get away with stuff when they probably should be imprisoned? Merely because they know the quote-unquote big guy and the system is protecting such for political purposes? At any rate, the rulers in Philippi are convinced and have Paul and Silas beaten and put in prison. Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 23, Are they servants of Christ? I speak as one beside himself. I am more so, and labors more abundantly 
in prisons more abundantly, in stripes above measure, and in deaths often. Why is it so often that the world punishes people for doing good? I mean, Paul had just cast a demon out of a woman in the name of Christ. They were bringing the message of salvation as servants of the Most High God. But because those men loved the darkness rather than the light, beholden and attached to the demonic activity of this fortune teller and its perceived benefits, they hated Paul and company. They were successful in turning the crowd and the rulers against them to the point of having them imprisoned. Can you think of any examples in our modern culture where those who do good, who like advocate for the truth and for righteousness, are punished by the powers that be? In the name of inclusion and tolerance, some vehemently oppose and seek to punish anyone who disagrees with or fights against their worldview and agenda. For example, to state that homosexuality is a sin these days in America is like almost considered hate speech. People lose platforms, jobs, status, and even put themselves in harm's way physically by standing for the truth and principles of God's Word. In America, we have an entire month dedicated to celebrating the sin of homosexuality, called Pride Month. Jude 1.7 states, the ancient Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire and serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. The very practices and perversions that brought the wrath of God on ancient Sodom with fire and brimstone are some of the very same practices and perversions our society today celebrates with pride. Think about that. Incentives and pressures from powers that be even coerce large corporations to promote, support, and celebrate certain sinful perversions, like the gay and trans agenda. It seems in recent years here in America, certain practices and behaviors that used to be considered completely unacceptable in mainstream society have now become the cultural norms. To speak and fight against the trans agenda comes with its own set of consequences, like to campaign that it's wrong to groom and confuse kids into becoming trans as if it's some trend or fad, that it's wrong to allow them to have their bodies irrevocably altered and even mutilated without parental consent, can get a person or company in all sorts of trouble, depending maybe on the regional powers that be and the context. The truth is the world has always been opposed to God and His ways. Things were no different in Paul's day Jesus said in John 15, 18 to 20, If the world hates you, know that it's hated me before it hated you. If you are of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. And boy, was this true for the Apostle Paul. Jesus was persecuted, so was Paul. The Apostle Peter wrote, If you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. Jesus said regarding the Apostle Paul, I will show him 
how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Suffering and persecution is the name of the game. Jesus said, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. If you're facing this kind of opposition from the world, you're probably doing something right. Want to live an empty life of comfort and ease? Conform to the world, and the world will love you. Want to experience the deep and peaceful blessing of worldly persecution for righteousness' sake? Become a disciple of Jesus and conform to His ways. Paul was a follower of Jesus. Paul obeyed Jesus' command to go out into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. Here in Acts 16, because of his devotion to Christ, Paul ended up in prison. Paul was hated for doing something good, for casting a demon out of a woman. Let's keep reading. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. How did Paul and Silas deal with the dire situation? They prayed and sung hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. People around us will likewise be noticing how we respond to trials. Paul instructs, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And that's from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. How do we respond when we find ourselves in difficult circumstances? Do we turn to God in prayer and praise? Are we content in whatever the situation we find ourselves? Or maybe sometimes we're in denial when something bad happens. Maybe our first instincts are to cuss, complain, or boil over in anger. Like Paul and Silas were surrounded by prisoners who listened to them and noticed how they responded to imprisonment, who are in our circles, who will take notice how we handle trials? And will the way we handle adversity draw people towards wanting to know the God we claim we serve or draw them away from wanting to have anything to do with the God we claim to know and serve? One thing I'll admit, in my experience, trials tend to drive me towards turning to and depending on God more. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, which we just read, tells us to pray continually we should always be in prayer and in relationship with our Maker, regardless of the circumstances. We should always be putting our trust in Him. When things are going great, maybe that's when it's most tempting to start relying on ourselves more than trusting completely in God. When things are going great, do we ever put our relationship with God on the back burner? The times I find myself closest to fulfilling the instruction to pray continually, for better or for worse, is when I find myself in a difficult circumstance. Just the other day, actually, I was driving in Wyoming on the way to stay over at a pastor's home where I was scheduled to minister at their church the following morning. I had flown into Denver from Florida and was somewhere in the middle of nowhere on the way to Casper, Wyoming, when my old iPhone 7 met its end. I mean, it completely malfunctioned and quit working. <laughs> All the information for my trip was on that phone. I was using the GPS on my phone to get me there. The addresses and phone numbers were on my phone. Suddenly there I sat, in the middle of nowhere, 
with no clue how to get to this town in Wyoming and no clue where in that town to go if I made it there. To make matters worse, I was still a few hours away and it was going to be dark soon. Talk about starting to pray without ceasing. <laughs> I was feeling pretty lost and desperate. I asked for a level head and for wisdom. I mean, I really leaned on God to get me through this. I remember giving thanks to God in the situation because that's what God's word tells me to do. But in all honesty, I wasn't happy with the situation at all. I wasn't really grateful for the situation in the moment, though I gave God thanks in the situation. As it turns out, I was able to call my wife from a landline at a truck stop and get the addresses I needed from her. The truck stop had a road atlas, which I purchased. It had just enough information about the city of Casper in the atlas, and vague as that city map was, to get me there to the pastor's house that evening. At the truck stop, God gave me a calm and peace. He kept me somewhat level-headed and helped me navigate what to do to get the information I needed and to make it to my destination safely. There were certainly people there at the truck stop watching me and how I was dealing with the situation. Hopefully in moments of difficulty and stress, we can still be witnesses of Christ in how we respond in those circumstances. Back here in Acts 16, Paul and Silas were in prison for doing something good. They responded to the trial by praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening. Christ Jesus our Lord 
That was God is Love from the Adams Road album, It's So Simple. No matter how many works you do, you may still have Jesus say that he never knew you. To enter the kingdom of our Lord We must do the will of the Father But what must we do to do the will of God? It's so simple You must believe in His one and only Son Because then you'll be born again And have God living and working good Works through you, through you. There remains a Sabbath rest, a Sabbath rest. for God's people. We've trusted in the work of Jesus. After we have rested from our works God works in us for His good pleasure But what must we do to do the works of God? It's so simple You must believe in His one and only Son Because then you'll be born again And have God living and working good Works through you Faith comes from hearing The word of Christ All who call upon His name Receive life How can they call 
testify and preach the good news. These are the the good works that God does. That was It's So Simple from the Adams Road album, It's So Simple. This is the Adams Road podcast, 
and outreach of the Christian music ministry Adams Road. You can learn more about us at AdamsRoadMinistry.com. Again, that's AdamsRoadMinistry.com. We release a new podcast episode every Saturday. Join us next episode as we examine Acts chapter 16, verses 26 to 34. Grace and peace be with you all.